lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Wow, that sounds terrible. See, I always debate on these days whether to come in and go to work or not. We haven't faced this for a couple of years. Man, I just started that. Tried to project. Didn't go anywhere. And then I think to myself, you know what? I mean, there's this dazzling mind. Uh, these um, debonair good looks. I bring more to the table than just my voice, don't I? Yeah, there's a couple variables in there, yeah. I mean, like nothing I just mentioned. I mean, that's my own yeah, other fantasy things. operating. Other things. Right? Yeah. Yes, uh, the allergies, which I was spared of last year uh, because of COVID. Somehow I didn't get allergies or they weren't as bad. Maybe we didn't go out as much. Uh, but they are back, my twice-a-year allergies that I get. April, December, every year reared their ugly head yesterday, got really bad. I actually feel great today, worked out and everything. It's just my voice isn't all the way back. So I I wondered, do I come in and work today or not? You know, or do I bring the large Marge? What do you guys think? I think they can sustain the voice, but as we've heard before, the the click clack of the cough drops, you know, that drives, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That drives people insane. Yeah, people do go get upset about that, but you're just going to have to, I guess deal with it i guess maybe you guys talk more this week or today it's good with me yeah are you guys okay with talking more whatever it takes whatever it takes as long as we can talk about ourselves you know it was two years ago today i do i saw that yeah or this week i mean two years ago this week such a simpler time wasn't it it's kind of a good way to cap off hollywood's run and whatever it's going to go into now yeah i mean sitting in a crowded theater Getting up with a bunch of people that you don't know. Who knows how you voted in the last election or what your belief system is, right? Yeah. And when Captain America Catches. is worthy of wielding the oh hammer and you all stood up together and, yeah. and, and cheered, right? Those are some good times, right? Those were. Now we've got pictures of uh, guys masking their dogs. Yes, we do. Yeah. Did now you we, take that picture? No. I, oh, had, okay. I, had it, I had it sent to me. Wow. Now, now we've got uh, the masking of, of toddlers in Michigan. You know, because the masking of the adults worked so well, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, she should be put in a rubber room at this point for that. Yeah, I've got other punishments in mind, but we can go that's, with rubber okay. room if you want. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's just starters. I'm, I'm getting I'm the conversation necessarily going. not in a mercy triumphs over judgment mood yeah. right now, even though I need to be, but I'm not. All right, coming up on the show today, first of all, we see if I can finish the show. That's That's number one. Uh, number two, but you've got a couple of capable guys that will carry their weight around here. See, I actually feel good. My voice is just drained from allergies for the last 24 hours. Uh, we will get into our good friend, Bob Vanderplatz will be joining us. Uh, he wants to talk about the 2024 presidential field. A couple of people making their way to Iowa. He wants to talk about them. So we'll get into that. Also, I- I'm wondering if we should put this off for a week. What do you think? We were going to do part three of our video series. Should we, yeah. should we put Probably. that off? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah. It, it also means though, I don't have like a backup. What do you guys want to do instead? Todd and Watch. I will think of it. Okay. At well, this rate, we might just give you the hour, the second hour off. Okay. Watch the Avengers. There you go. And just like sit here and just like live comment on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll figure out something for our number two. Uh, but before we get to all of that, of course, 
you need to be reminded, email the program. I teased you there. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. I don't know. I wonder, do I sound better? Like, is this more of a... Than normal? The, a, a, a typical radio guy voice, right? No. No? No. I'm, I don't have like a little Wolfman Jack or no. FM DJ thing going on right now? No. No? I don't know. Some of the guys on 80s on 8, you kind of sound like them. Yes. A couple of the women, too. <laughs> this is what Nita Blackwood sounds like now, guys, if you listen to that channel. True. On Sirius XM, she sounds like this, right? Just for different reasons, okay, than, than the reason that I do today. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. I'm starting to enjoy this, actually, a little bit now. Uh, look for Steve Dace on MeWe, Gab, and Parlor. Follow at Steve Day Show on Twitter. I'm really going to be enjoying the uh, the angry text and stuff I get from Blaze Management later that I should have stayed home today. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy that too. Uh, you can also go to uh, what what else? Oh, if you like censorship, go to YouTube.com/slash Steve Dace or Rumble.com/slash Steve Day Show. You're still not into it, huh? No, no. I mean, well, I'm just not going to elevate it. I can tolerate it. I don't know, man. I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to anoint it. I kind of feel like I could do a little against the wind right now. I could go a little Bob Seger for you right now, I think. You should do that right now. Even when you're healthy, you, you talk about, no, that, that song's not in my key. I'm like, what's your, your key? Whatever key this is, I think I could do it right now. Whatever key it is. I don't think I've ever heard your voice crack. I think that's going to happen. You think it's going to happen? The voice is going to crack today? I guess we will find out. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by that feeling when you don't have to wear a mask at an indoor event when everybody else has to because you're an elitist. Yes, the Oscars were last night and the movie Nomadland won the award for Best Picture. Nomadland is the gratuitously depressing tale of a Nevada woman who lost everything, including her husband in the Great Recession, and travels the American West meeting other nomads who are dying. Apparently, it's Hollywood's salute to the forgotten American and it's only slightly more indeed than Nikki Haley's salute to the forgotten American over the weekend, which apparently includes transgenderism as a conservative value. Responding to someone laughing at a photo of her and newly announced California gubernatorial candidate Caitlyn Jenner, the 2024 wannabe said, quote, interesting, I don't find it funny. Caitlyn came to see me at the UN and I appreciate her conservative views. I will continue to think that the Republican Party is one of conservative views by all people regardless of the demographics. To me, that's not funny. It's America. Joe Biden announced his goal of cutting U.S. emissions by 50% over the next decade during a global warming summit of world leaders. As the UK Daily Mail pointed out, in order to theoretically do this, Americans' diets would have to be impacted with Americans only able to consume four pounds of red meat per year. By the way, Biden, during the aforementioned summit, appears to be the only world leader on this video teleconference wearing two masks. Checking in on the Branch Covidian cult, the New York Times produced this six-minute mock featurette bemoaning critics of public health officials. There's no glitzy ceremony for any of these people. There never was. Instead, they're getting a lot of this. This mask mandate is ridiculous. He doesn't know what he's talking about. She needs to be fired. And you, doctor, are going to be arrested for crimes against humanity. We'd better show them some recognition and fast. As of the time of this production, the video had all of 20 retweets and 52 likes on Twitter. 
Speaking of the Branch Covidians, it's been two weeks now since the director of the CDC told the state of Michigan it should enter another lockdown due to a sharp rise in cases at the time. Michigan has not locked down. Two weeks have passed and cases are sharply declining. Good news, unless you're a toddler in the state, that's because the state's health department has enacted a mask mandate for two to four-year-olds. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, today's date is April 26th, 2021. Michigan men are dead. And now Daily Defiance, where the star is you and the story is taking back your country. Rachel in Michigan isn't afraid to enter the Meyer grocery store with her four-year-old daughter without a mask. We'll go next to COVID Stan, Illinois, where Andrew says even with underlying health conditions, he's never been mortally afraid of COVID since he knows God is bigger, but still wore a mask to make others feel good. Now he says he's done with the mask and he does his shopping at Sam's Club without one, as you can see here. And then there's Taylor in Dallas who says, had to get tires replaced today and Costco said 1.5 hour wait. You're not supposed to sit on their furniture per CDC recommendations. I said, screw it. Happily sat there the whole time on this comfy couch, ate a hot dog and caught up on Friday's show. Thanks for your submissions. I see them all and they're still coming in in droves. If you have a submission, tweet them to me at Dace Producer or hashtag Daily Defiance or email them to DailyDefiance1776 at gmail.com. Moving on, the first full-fledged sellout indoor event in over a year with masks optional took place in Jacksonville, Florida this weekend as UFC 261 took to the octagon and what a sight that is to behold. Update on white liberal women. So during slavery times... Slaves did not get to eat the same things as their masters. They got the scraps that no one wanted. Chitterlings. So when you go to the store and you buy a piece of meat as a white person, you are actively taking away a piece of meat that could be being enjoyed by a survivor of ancestral slavery. Eating meat is not only racist, but it's also anti-Semitic. A Pew Research survey from 2020, that's just now coming into the light, finds over 50% of white liberal women under the age of 30 say they've been told they have a mental health condition by a health care provider. Not to worry, though, because Congresswoman Ilan Omar says... This is not going to be the country of white people. A new ABC News Washington Post poll finds fewer Americans support reparations for descendants of slaves than they did at this point last year. Overall, 28% support reparations, down three from last year, while 65% do not, that's up two. Amongst the black population, 15% fewer support reparations than did at this point last year at 67%, while 27% oppose reparations, that's up 10% from last year. Math is racist update. The state of Virginia is moving to eliminate all accelerated math courses prior to the 11th grade because racism. And finally, the state of masculinity in America. Dr. Fauci, give us vaccines. Help all the people who have been quarantined. We'll wear our masks and we'll have to stay distant. We'll wash our hands and we'll be more resistant. Fauci, yes, promise us please. We'll have a cure that can fight off this disease. Restrictions we'll lift with some ease. Dr. Fauci, don't forget me. And that's what happened while we were away.
do you do you think that that Darwin was right about at least a few things, like culling herds, natural selection? Do you think he was right at least about a few things? Maybe. Well, not survival of the fittest, though, because the unfit seem to be ruling the earth. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Aaron's montage. Let me see if talking quieter will help. Does that, does that sound better? It is a little than, better. Than trying to orate a little more? Is that better? It does. Okay. A certain Delilah vibe to the show now. All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aaron just... <laughs> just realized that that was not a compliment. Yeah, thank you. My favorite thing about this show is quickly becoming Aaron's just like open snickering at things that he finds yes. amusing. All right. Hey, you know, we have warned you about home title theft in the past. This is where cyber thieves remove you from your home's title. And then they become the new owner. That's why you want that's why you want to go to home title lock. Because Facebook just had a massive data breach. How's that? That's Does that really sound good. better? Yeah. Is that better? Okay. Facebook just had a massive data breach, five hundred million accounts exposed to cyber thieves. We'll be playing two for Tuesday right here, by the way, on Classic Rock. Uh five hundred million accounts exposed to cyber thieves thanks to Facebook. And now the FBI says they've got everything they need in order uh, to take over as the new owner of your home. Name, address, personal information, it's all out there. Uh, the thieves forge your signature on a quick claim deed stating that you have sold your home to them. Then they leave you with the debt, maybe even foreclosure and eviction. Why did John Bonham die so young? So do what I did and protect your home's title with Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address to see if you're already a victim. You know, they haven't played Stairway to Heaven live since he passed. Did you guys know that? You can go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Sign up for 30 free days of protection during this high-risk breach. Again, go to HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address. See if you're already a victim and you don't yet know it. And then while you're there, use the promo code RADIO to get 30 free days of protection. All right, how was that? Oh, that data breach and cyber thieves have never sounded less threatening. I think you've just made people feel <laughs> like this. Your voice is the embodiment of this product. Am I Am I the soothing presence in the I room guess, for once? I think people are like, yes. they're already purchasing as we speak because of what you've accomplished there with that tone. Hey, coming up in the overtime today. I'm starting to dig this now. Okay. <laughs> It's just, other than this, I feel fine. That is what is so weird about this, okay? Um, coming up in the overtime today, we're going to get into the, uh, the, the first round of 100 days approval rating polling for Joe Biden. And it's not good, at least historically speaking. Uh, if you're Joe Biden, uh, the only two presidents in the modern era that have ranked anywhere near where he currently does, both didn't get a second term. That would be Gerald Ford and his predecessor, Donald Trump. So we'll get into that in the overtime today. You can become a Blaze TV subscriber at blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go right now. Get a discounted subscription to Blaze TV. Todd, stop. You're making me self-conscious. Okay. I know what you're doing over there. Stop it. Okay. You're doing it. <laughs> I think we might need to go back to the other one. <laughs> blazetv.com slash days that's where you can go and get a discounted subscription to blaze tv today
This sounds like the uh, Alec Baldwin SNL skit at this point. And <laughs> little sweaty balls. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> and we will be uh, we'll be posting those. Uh, I'm sorry that later today we'll record it right after the show, right here on NPR. All things considered. Thank you. Um, let's get to let's get to Wits and Aaron's overtime, shall we? We shall. All right. Where do you guys want to start? Because I could start in about four places. Where would you like to begin? Let's do the uh, Pew research thing on white liberal women. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with that. Uh, re- recap that for us again, and then let's comment. So there's um, a Pew survey that was done and, and released last year. And amid the pandemic and all the headlines, it was back in March when they released this. Amid all of this, it got lost in the shuffle, but it's just now coming back into light. White liberal women. Over 50% of them, I think it was between 54 and 56% of them, have reported that a healthcare provider or professional has informed them that they may have a mental illness. That is by far the most amongst any demographic. By far the most amongst any demographic. Why do you think that is? How much of that do you think is a contrivance? How much of it do you think is legitimate? Because... At the heart of progressivism, that's what we're talking about here. Liberalism is the mainstream's way of, of talking about uh, progressivism, for the most part. Progressivism in and of itself is a mental illness. A hundred years ago, if you would have told uh, the run-of-the-mill woman in this country, or really anywhere in the West, that uh, not only were the equals with men, they were the same, that would have probably been diagnosed to some degree, depending on what way it manifested itself. That would have been diagnosed as a mental illness. They are not the same. And so if you have an entire generation of women, and we're talking about under 30 years of age, that's something I, I left out just now, under 30 uh, years of age, being inculcated, being brainwashed into not only saying that you have equal value, which is something that that we would all agree to, but mm-hmm. you are the same. You are the same as men. That then opens up a Pandora's box mm-hmm. of mental illness. Mm-hmm. So not only if you're just a feminist who buys into this, a radical feminist who buys into this, you are being brainwashed with this from the time you're born, really, until until your your dying day, or at least until you take a red pill. I just saw a couple of tweets over the weekend from from parents, and I think they were maybe even Facebook posts as well, bemoaning the fact that their that their daughters were starting to now prefer their, their young daughters were now starting to prefer playing with pink toys with princess toys, even though they had invested in gender neutral to- to- toys to play with because they didn't want they didn't want to go in uh, in in down the road of of gender stereotypes. That's the example of what I'm talking about. So that's the that's the big picture view of why that is the case to answer your question. How much do you think COVID is a factor in this? COVID. Buying into all of the panic, all of the isolation that goes along with it, um, the separation from loved ones, from your way of life. How much do you think that's a factor in it? I, which I would view that, by the way, to borrow a, a phrase, guys, a variant of what you were just saying, right? Yeah. I mean, the same worldview that you just described would be more inclined to... Um, gobble up all the various panic porn from the that's fed you by the spirit of the age right yeah that's correct and it would be fascinating to see how this poll turns out post covid 
as opposed to when it came out, which was pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it certainly, it certainly does. I mean, we, we talk about the Karen phenomenon that was rampant throughout all of this. Um, that I think that would be, I, I think that definitely, that definitely ties into this. You look at the number of, of people, if you would have been, if you would have asked prior to COVID, the number of white women or just white suburbanites in your communities, and we had all sorts of conversations around this, um, around the election as well. The number of people in your community who are mentally, well, let's not go that, down that road. The number of people in your community who would turn your, you in because you're not adequately woke enough or you're not adequately following the science enough prior to COVID, what do you think that number would have been? And then after COVID, what do you think that number would have been? COVID really, again, revealed what the survey already said. It's just nobody paid attention to it because it was, you know, kind of low on the list of things back then. COVID was just a great revealer Mm -hmm. um, in in the same Mm -hmm. fashion as Donald Trump was a great revealer of Mm -hmm. a number of institutions for the last four years. I, I think the dam probably really broke about 10 years ago on this when. And ironically, what it was Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook fame, was it not, who wrote that period that made waves you can't have at all? Right. And I, when I was working at the Des Moines Register at the time, I did a localized version of that, interviewed uh, uh, young professional uh, women about what that meant to that. It was actually a really good story. I did some roundtable discussions, and there were a lot of liberal women, but th- there was a reasonable discussion about the balance of it all. And, and I think that was a like all-in moment on the table, and uh, those who decided to not ask serious questions about that ended up sprinting mm-hmm. towards being the case study of what Aaron just laid out. So in other words, when you go against the laws of nature and nature's God, yep. if you violate the natural law, if you break it, it breaks you. That, that's kind of what I hear you guys saying, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it becomes, to some degree, it, it becomes the the Wanda Maximoff um, the Wanda Maximoff effect where at least she understood what she wanted. There is still an nature. It's, it's not the only thing that drives women and that, uh, that, um, uh, you know, that motivates them in life. But Wanda and Wanda vision that, that the show that we talked about, um, she is driven to do some evil, evil things Mm -hmm. because of this desire that was left unfilled. Mm -hmm. Now it was because of external factors in a lot of, in a lot of respects that she was unable to fulfill those desires. But I think when you, uh, I think when you, when you take a look at um, overall at uh, the state of, of womanhood and what they're, what they're facing, especially with, with feminism, I think that drives them to do a lot of and to believe a lot of things that are quite hideous because it's going against one of their natures. So let's let's connect a dot here for a second based on what you two are just saying. You said that this poll, its its primary data was pre-COVID, correct? Yep. Okay. Is what you're dis- is 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 this where Karen the Karen in fact the Karen effect came from? Meaning a lot of women who denied that aspect of their nature to buy into the lies of the culture. Suddenly the virus comes along and that nurturing instinct comes in and they go Wanda Maximoff. See what I'm saying? Yep. It, 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 they, it's an overcompensation. 
it's the chance now, hey, I can um, do for other people what I never did for myself or my own family or a husband. You're the, you're the, you're the proxies. You're the, or we are the extras in this morality play as, as COVID gives them the meaning that they didn't get from other aspects of their life they were supposed to. So they take it out on us the way she takes it out on the bystanders there in, in, you know, in that town in New Jersey. What are your thoughts on that? I can see part of that being in there, but it's such a Frankenstein monsters version. You know, the, Mm -hmm. you, you will, my tenderness comes in the form of you will kneel before Zod sort of thing mm-hmm. um, is there's 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 no way that that level of how many villains believe they're the villain. Right. Well, that's my point. There's no way that level of compensation can ultimately be borne out in a way that's efficacious. But nonetheless, there it is. Aaron, what do you think? I tend to agree. I tend to agree that that's maybe what's driving this, uh, at least the psychology anyway, because. If you're told that the way you're designed is not, in fact, the way you are designed, but yet you still, because uh, you bear the image of God and the way that you were designed, you still have that driving force within you. Eventually, you're a walking, talking contradiction. Mm -hmm. Now, whether it's because of your own choice buying into the lies of of feminism or because it's just the way that you've been brainwashed by a a generation of brainwashing in, in government schools and in culture, Eventually, you become a walking, talking contradiction, mm-hmm. and that is borne out in a number of of horrifying, horrifying ways. Um, and I don't know if we can turn the page a little bit here as well, talking about the Michigan toddler mask mandate. Mm-hmm. Uh, be more like that woman in Daily Defiance. Now, I, I'm sorry to say... If you look at our analytics, some of our analytics, and you lift up 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 the uh, the hood, you'll see that a lot of people watch this show on YouTube who reside in the state of Michigan. Now, I've gotten a ton, Steve. I've gotten a ton of submissions, lots and lots of submissions. A ton from California, a lot from New York, a lot from Pencil, a lot from Pennsylvania. You mean defiant submissions or daily defiance? Yeah. I've only gotten a few from Michigan. I've only gotten a few from Michigan. And I looked this morning. I did a cursory glance. If you're a dude and you sent something from Michigan, um, you, you know who you are. I'm not talking about you. I've not seen any men from Michigan send anything yet. Um, if you are, If you are a dude in Michigan and you're masking up your toddler to go to Costco, to go to Lowe's, to help out dad as, as the little buddy. Um, no, no, that's enough of this. The date is April 26th, 2021. If you're still following these guidelines in in Michigan, um, while your governor gallivants off to Florida, I can't while help her you. health minister does the same thing. We can't help you. Yeah, I I just don't know what's happened to my former home home state. I, I just it's it's mind numbing, and you, and you know that there's somebody right now masking their two year old up at a Costco, yes, some bro dude, right? Who turned off their favorite bro dude podcast 
and they're like ready. Yeah, F yeah, yeah. They're ready for the Civil War, right? As they make sure that their toddler's mask goes over their nose in the Costco, right? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I Michigan itself it, sprinting ahead with this is a is a level of willful tyranny now i've talked all the time about invincible ignorance but she's just messing with you meaning that we already you, we, she, you've already proven in yes, real time your mitigation does, efforts don't work. work she flaunted your own mitigation efforts in your face yes. her health minister did the same thing and then comes back and says cover the face of your toddler right yeah, yeah so she's going loki on you you were made to be ruled michigan and apparently mm-hmm. you're cool with that really quick here before we get out of time and we have like a minute where, where's the decline in popularity of reparations coming from, do you think? Oh, What's the know. origin for that? I don't know. It's a mystery wrapped inside of an enigma. I don't know. I'm asking. Uh, yeah, people I'm looking forward to. I mean, you saw what happened immediately after the Chauvin trial. It's like, if you can't accept this as justice, I ain't playing ball anymore. So you think people are, because it's across every demographic, that in general people are just tired of the racialism, that this is showing some erosion with that narrative in general? Yeah, and that's hopeful. Let's hope you're right about that. We'll come back. Bob Vanderplatz will join us here next. You know, given the times in which we live, every law-abiding citizen must know how to defend your family before, during a self-defense incident. That's why you want to take Patriot Academy's Constitutional Defense Course. It is hosted by our friends over at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute in Nevada. Rick Green with Wall Builders, uh, he hosts this. Our friend Daniel Horwitz has done this a couple of times with his audience to rave reviews. Uh, It's the premier firearms and self-defense training organization in the nation. They train approximately 50,000 people each year at their 550 acre complex out there just outside of Las Vegas. So you'll get physical training with firearms, but then also intellectual training afterwards with the constitution. You don't want to miss it right now. They're offering 90% off the training. Now you got to handle your logistics, but the training itself a 90% discount if you want to go either May 30th or June 6th. A 90% discount at constitutioncoach.com. Again, that's constitutioncoach.com. Get that big discount at constitutioncoach.com. Guys, I've gotten a couple of emails from ladies that are digging this voice. All right. No, that it's it's happening. It's happening right now. It, it is. You know, I had this voice... Uh, two weeks ago. Did you? I did. And then it went a little bit deeper into my chest and then actually got a productive cough after that. Never had a fever, never had a big deal. So you'll get through this. I don't think it's allergies, by the way. I'm sitting close to you. Yeah. I think this is the real deal. And, you know, it's, it is a good voice. I mean, it's a good voice on you. You ought to try this more often. So you and Tucker Carlson, this would have been a big hit. So you think that it, it happened at almost the exact same time it happens every year? With these symptoms almost every year. Is this the first time you guys have sat here and my voice has sounded like this? Well, no, don't no. So don't you, call me Dr. Fauci, but okay. let me do a little diagnosis. I think it's more in allergies. Okay. But let's talk. I'm, I'm pretty confident it's allergies. Pretty confident. It's just the allergies. Anyway. Um, 
You want to talk presidential politics? Sure, let's talk presidential politics. So a couple of people have uh, announced trips to Iowa, right? Um, Tom Cotton out of, uh, out of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, former UN ambassador for Donald Trump. Let, let's start with her. I, I want to show you a couple tweets that happened over the weekend, okay? Um, this tweet was, was released um, of Nikki Haley with the mentally ill uh, Bruce Jenner, um, yucking it up. Dean Cain, the actor, actually tweeted in response to this. Okay, you got me. I laughed. And then to and then to to Nikki uh, and then to Dean Cain, Nikki Haley tweeted this. I don't find it funny. Caitlin came to see me at the UN, and I appreciated her conservative views. I will continue to think that the Republican Party is. One of conservative views by all people, regardless of the demographics. To me, that's not funny. It's America. Is that the America you're trying to conserve out there, Bob Vanderplatz? Can I tell you, you know, that response of her to that tweet is going to make it very difficult, I think, uh, in a primary cycle, in an Iowa caucus cycle. Mm -hmm. Um. I've seen the Republican Party, uh, the GOP, take some hits as recently as this morning mm-hmm. uh, for having her come to speak because of some things she said about uh, President he, Trump. He said. She said about Haley. She, I'm talking about Haley. Okay, okay, okay. About yeah, what yeah, she she's said a she, yes, correct. Yes. About <laughs> President Trump. we got to clarify these things nowadays, unfortunately. I, I think the thing that Steve stands to note here uh, with Ambassador Haley coming to Iowa and Senator Cotton coming to Sioux Center, Iowa. We'll talk about him in just a minute. Mm-hmm. As well as we'll be announcing, not yet today, but we'll be announcing here very shortly, uh, two or three others who are coming to our leadership summit. Uh, Iowa is still going to launch this process. Uh, the Republican National Committee might be making up its mind. The Democrat National Committee might be making up its mind. Whoever might be making up their mind. But the candidates have made up their mind. They're coming to Iowa. And I believe even it sends a message to, say, former President Trump, the 2024 is already game on. These people, I think, with uh, Ambassador Haley coming here, Cotton coming here, others coming here, others wanting to come here, is showing a thing that they really don't believe President Trump will be coming. Or it might be, as you and I have talked about before, could this be the shadow primary underneath the Trump cloud mm-hmm. that I want to be his VP in case he does run? So Ambassador Haley, uh, she didn't call me for counsel in regards to what should I do here. Um but I don't think that is how you want to make your first impression uh, in regards to a tweet like that with uh, Bruce Jenner uh, now running for governor of California as a woman. The next time somebody accuses you of not believing in science, I've decided our, our comeback just needs to be, can you tell me who won the 1976 Olympic decathlon? Just come back with that. Mm-hmm. Just ask that question. Who won it? Bruce Jenner. Yeah. I mean, I mean, can you tell me who won that thing? Yeah, I remember watching it. Uh, I'm that old. I can remember watching Bruce Jenner winning. Bruce Jenner got us to eat wheat, plain wheat, for breakfast. We ate it. Mm -hmm. We we ate wheat, guys, like in North Korea. We ate wheat for breakfast because they put him on the damn box. Mm -hmm. That's how how inspirational a figure he was at the Mm -hmm. time. So Tom Cotton, everybody's got to have a niche, right? What's their lane? Sure. Where do they fit in? So it's pretty obvious that Nikki Haley is the professional classes or 
I don't even know if we even use the word establishment anymore, but she's the professional consultant classes candidate, right? So she's running in a lot of the same lanes as, as a Marco Rubio type. Where's Tom Cotton running, do you think? I think Tom Cotton's probably trying to run in that Trump lane if Trump does not run again, meaning uh, a little bit of Ted Cruz lane as well. I'm a military guy. I've come to serve in the U.S. Senate. I'm not doing politics as usual. I'm calling people's bluffs. Uh, people like Tom Cotton for that. Tom Cotton, on the other hand, not saying that he would not have accepted the GOP's invitation to speak at the the Lincoln dinner. I believe this is the Lincoln dinner that uh, Nikki Haley's going to speak at. But where's he going in Iowa? He's going up to Sioux County, Sioux Center, Iowa. Explain the most, to our audience why that matters. Sioux County is, is, if it's not the most Republican county in the entire United States, it's one of the most uh, Republican counties in the in the United States. It's by far the most Republican county in all of Iowa. And so by going there and trying to say, I'm putting a foothold in here because I'd like to run up the numbers. This is where Ted Cruz ran up the numbers. This is where Mike Huckabee ran mm-hmm. up the numbers. This is where Rick Santorum ran up the numbers. And so when you run up the numbers in areas like that, you definitely want to go visit that if you're a prospective candidate because it obviously bodes pretty well. Who else? Who else is running in their lanes? So we mentioned for Haley, Rubio's running in that lane. If he if he decides to run, what would be kind of fascinating is it would for Rubio it would kind of be a reverse of four years or eight years ago, mm-hmm. where he was the young whippersnapper in that right. establishment lane, coming after Jeb Bush, and now she is, yeah. and he's kind of the Jeb Bush, right? Yeah, you see, and I, I look at that even when you say that because I think Ambassador Haley is kind of in a lane all by herself right now. I think she's the most establishment candidate that's out there. I think Marco Rubio's not there. I think Marco Rubio is a couple lanes over, but he's not as far as, say, a Ted Cruz, a Tom Cotton, a Josh Hawley, those type of guys. Um, You know, Mike Pence might be more in that Rubio-type lane, maybe edging a little bit over here, but kind of in that Rubio lane. A Secretary Pompeo. Uh, he's going to kind of be in that lane, say, with a Tom Cotton, a Ted Cruz, those types. Because, again, listen, I didn't come here just to mark time. I came here to make a difference. Mm-hmm. He's shown that as Secretary of State. He's shown that when he was uh, the head of the CIA. He's shown that when he was in Congress. And so I think you got Pompeo, you got uh, Tom Cotton, you got Josh Hawley, you got Ted Cruz. There may be others like that. Then also you got a Mike Pence, a Marco Rubio. And maybe some in that lane. And then you got Nikki Haley. And then Governor Nome. We haven't even mentioned Christine Nome. I think she wants to be in several lanes. I think she wants to be in the, I'm in the pro-Trump lane, the very conservative lane. But I kind of have been in Congress and I've been a governor. And I kind of know what's best with in regards to males and females playing in sports. So I think she kind of blends some lanes. So history of Iowa has shown, particularly for first-time candidates, Trying to run in multiple lanes does not work. Doesn't bode well. Right? Why does that not work? Well, you need to inspire a base. You need a base to rally around you. As soon as you can get a base rallying around you, you have a you have a true opportunity to now advance, say, in the Iowa caucuses. That being said, take a look at the numbers I pointed out. There's a lot of people over in this lane here that want to be with the Tom Cottons, the Ted Cruz's, the Josh Hollies, those types. Nikki Haley, as I said, is kind of in a lane by herself. If she can inspire that, that's also proven because you've got John McCain, right? You've got uh, Mitt Romney. 
those guys then get elevated. So she may be going, listen, there's plenty over there. I want to be over here in this lane. I think that's going to be my lane to try to, you know, try to come out of this thing. So, but I think if you're going to try to win the Iowa caucuses, you need to, you need to focus on where's your base, where can you inspire them, and will they rally around you on caucus night? I can't believe it. But it seems like Nikki Haley is prepared to run a path to the Iowa caucuses by actually trying to get Bruce Jenner elected as the Republican in California. It, it, is our establishment, our, I fall into bad habits sometimes, sure. is the Republican establishment going to really go down this road? I have to ask these crazy, bizarre world questions now because I can't even, in my mind, I can't think of one good reason to dismiss. They, you, we know, I think they would rather do that than yeah. campaign with you on just about anything, Bob Vanderplatz, yeah. and I think you know that. Yeah. Well, here's what I think, Todd, in response to that. I mean, first of all, it's a reasonable question for an unreasonable approach, right? So Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner is running as Caitlyn Jenner, governor of California, and you can talk a lot about whatever that is. The LGBT community came out against Bruce Jenner running for governor of California. Okay? So I'm just saying I don't see what that's going to gain you. And the other part of it is I think well, where, where conservatives are today is they want to conserve something. Male, female, constitutional government, limited government, religious liberty, those types of things. And to say, listen, I don't care what it is. You know, we're all just one America. And, well, there's a lot of people preaching that as well. These happen to be in a, in a different party and run in a different caucus. But Nikki Haley clearly doesn't feel like she, like, tripped into some cute little picture. I mean, she doubled yeah. down and tried to th- spike the football in Dean Kane's face. I mean, she doesn't, she clearly doesn't care about conserving a damn thing as yeah, it applies it, to uh, the traditional base of the Republican right. party. And, and part of that, Todd, is what I mentioned earlier. She may see this lane is open. And if this lane is open, why not go for it? How because many, if uh, I go for it and there's no competition, yeah, I, and I why get not that. go for that? I get that. But Here's the thing. How many people are still left in that lane, do you think? I don't think there's many at all. I don't believe there's many at all. Now, we'll have to wait and see. Now, there was a time not that long ago, even on this show, where I believe we all agreed, hey, if Nikki Haley is the establishment candidate, Mm -hmm. we've come a long ways. I mean, because she's not near what the establishment candidate used to be. This tweet kind of shows you a little bit different take of of a Nikki Haley And But that may be also send a message to you, Todd, maybe to me. This lane is open. Oh. I'm running in this lane. And maybe she believes there's enough people out there who got a Mitt Romney, who got somebody else to say, that lane's open. I think I can be there. Well, Aaron's mental illness poll, I think we need to worry about a little bit more than just uh, the leftist side of the fence because th- this is suicide that she and Christy Noem seemingly are happy to commit yeah. This is insane. Well, you know, the thing of it is, is that uh, no one can outwoke another person. And so, you know, we'd like to get things back. And I told you this the other day uh, on the show is that when I was having a, a visit with someone who didn't take a strong stand for the institution of marriage. But now they're all concerned about the Equality Act. So that's why you need to take a strong stand for marriage. So mm-hmm. when you start unraveling, mm-hmm. you just keep unraveling. Mm-hmm. 
So now we're wondering what's a male, what's a female, what's it going to be next? You almost think, is there any other ground we could seed is there, for that? Is there any hill? Is there any hill to die on for some of these people other than just don't be a Democrat? Doesn't matter what you believe, who you are, that really the only hill to die on is just don't be a Democrat. Yeah. And so, and well, I think you're right. And I think uh, when we've often said, you know, tolerance is a one way street. Mm hmm. I think, uh, and I, I, I saw the tweet over after uh, Bruce Jenner said he was running for governor of California as a woman, that the LGBT was not supporting that. I thought, it's a one-way street, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you, you want to claim yourself as a girl and you say, I'm going to run for governor, I'm going to elevate the trans issue, whatever it is, LGBT is like, uh, absolutely not. Uh, we're not going down that road. It's a one-way street. And so that's where I think, uh, and, and I think, a President Trump showed us that, uh, that if you can rally your base, you know, they can get you to win and you can actually do some things when you're in office. Do I think President Trump should have, probably should have done some other things as well? Yes, but he did more than others that we've elected. And now it comes to the other thing, Steve, with 2024, is what does President Trump do? I think what you're seeing with the amount of activity Nikki Haley coming here, Tom Cotton coming here, others coming for the Leadership Summit, others beginning to knock on the door. Secretary Pompeo was just in our offices right in this building at the Family Leader. Mm-hmm. I think what they're showing is that I don't think Trump's running in 2024, so I'm running in 2024. And I think what's going to really be a strong play is, you know, when does Ted Cruz, who won the Iowa caucuses in 2016, when does a Marco Rubio who had a strong showing in the Iowa caucuses in 2016, mm-hmm. and both still have a segment of support here, both Rubio and Cruz do. When do they say, I'm coming back to Iowa? Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a key signal to watch out for. Bob, good to see you. Thank you, man. Good to see you. Love the voice. Just love. And congratulations, Todd, on Ainsley. Thank you very much. Positive. You know, if you are struggling with inflammation in the body, this is pain that comes from chronic inflammation, not Injury, if you've got an injury, get medical treatment. But if it's inflammation, make sure you get something that confronts that inflammation like Omega XL. I use this each and every day. It will confront the inflammation that's causing your pain, whether it's uh, painful, stiff, ache, joints, uh, could be knees, back, neck. For me, it's it's a left hip flexor, whatever it is for you. You know, the topical creams, the pain relievers, they work uh, in terms of treating symptoms. But you want to actually confront the inflammation that's causing those symptoms before it causes something more serious. Try it right now. Buy one, get one free at OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Again, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or give them a call. 800-844-4888. 800-844-4888. Back with Hour 2 in a moment. And we're back with hour two as we power through an allergy handicapped episode of the Steve Dace Show. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. I don't know. It feels like it's getting a little stronger now, doesn't it? A little bit? I, th- I think once you found the proper tone, you found a wave you could ride. As it just kind of gave up the ghost on the normal oration level and now slowly but surely it's kind of there you go. strengthening a little bit. All right, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com. That is the email address, D-E-A-C-E 
Uh, you can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show, like us on MeWe, Gab, and Parlor as well. If you like censored clips of the program, and who doesn't like censorship these days, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. If you are a podcast listener, thank you very much. We appreciate you. We would ask, though, that you would show your appreciation for us by hitting the subscribe button, as well as giving us a five-star review if you haven't done those things already. And today, we'll definitely test just how much you like this show with what's going on with the audio presentation on the podcast. But uh, thank you to all of you that have sent us those five-star reviews already. We appreciate them. We have gotten thousands thousands upon thousands of them. Please keep those coming. I'm told that there is some algorithmic benefit. I cannot verify this, but I'm hoping that's the case. All right. Uh, let's get to hour two, uh, brought to you by our friends over at Rough Greens. You know, we've been talking about Rough Greens for quite a while now. It's this supplement powder that you spray on your dog's food. And when we say supplement, it's the same thing that we have to use these days. There's a reason we buy so many supplements these days. It's because a lot of those vitamins, minerals, nutrients, etc., have been stripped out of our food for mass production, mass consumption. And the same thing goes on with our pets. That's why they need a supplement now. And Rough Greens is what you're looking for. It puts all the good stuff your pet needs back into its diet. But you may be wondering, hey, what if my pet doesn't like it when I stir it into the food? Well, here's one way to find out. We'll give you the bag for free. The 14-day Jumpstart bag we've told you about now for well over a year. We will give you that bag for free. You just pay for the shipping, but you'll get the bag for free at roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F is how it's spelled, roughgreens.com, or give them a call, 833-ROUGH-DOG. That's 833-ROUGH-DOG. Again, the bag is free. You just pay for the shipping. So we had originally intended today to bring you the third and final installment of a video series that we have been putting together on how COVID has changed the world moving forward. And the third installment was scheduled to run at this time, but we made the decision with the, uh, the current state of my voice that maybe today is not the right day to put out a video that we're hoping activists across the country will share, right? Yeah, when you're kind of taking a decline in health, one way or the other, no matter what it is, those optics probably weren't going to play too well. Understood, in yeah. Un- understood. So you guys put out, decided to call an audible at the beginning of the program. We decided to go ahead and do our, 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 our traditional Monday town hall, ask me anything, but with a twist. You guys are actually going to get to ask Todd and Aaron anything. And then I may, I may chime in every now and then if uh, the voice holds up and you guys say something dumb that I think I need to save the show from. But other than that, the floor is now yours. We will begin with Insoc Prisoner from Room 101, who asks if each of you could 100% restore an amendment to the Constitution to its original interpretation or enforcement which would it be and why? Now, I think for me, it's not so much an amendment, but um, Article 1, Section 3, which would mean getting rid, I guess, getting rid of the 17th Amendment. I would change the 17th Amendment to its original form, which was not existence, uh, you know, in existence, if that's even a word. I, I would get rid of the 17th Amendment um, to where state uh, state bodies would then elect U.S. senators instead of direct election 
of U.S. senators. I just think, I just think it would be hilarious. Um, it, it would be harder for special interest money to pay off uh, more people. I think that would be. I think that would be fun. I'm not saying anything would definitely change, but anytime, anytime you get the opportunity to uh, to put your influence closer to home, I think you take that opportunity. So I think it would be um, Section One, Article Three. So it's not not so much an amendment that I would restore as much as it is uh, I would just you know I would get rid of the Seventeenth Amendment, Todd. Yeah, mine mine would be the same. Listen, right now we just have that one incestuous smoke-filled room up there in Washington, D.C. And as uh, Steve laid out in the introduction of Fauci and Bargain, the beautiful chaos that the founders envisioned for accountability at multiple levels of government, that that was strip-mined as it applies to the, the Senate with the 17th Amendment, because, that, yeah, every local uh, legislature is its own smoked-filled room, but to the degree that they are different, competing with each other, there was a level of accountability in there it, that is just flat-out gone now and in no way holds uh, the current uh, U.S. Senate accountable, whether and that the, the current disease affects right and left alike. We it would be interesting to see. I it wouldn't be a panacea, but it, it's the one that always easily comes to mind. And I it's it's a it's a shame. And it's and ultimately it's C.S. Lewis ultimately talked about how you know you in order to fix things, you have to return. And go back to the beginning again. You're already so far off, of course. Course correcting from where you are is harder than going back to the beginning. And the simple fact is this this is an amendment that happened when you, at the beginning of the 20th century, as many others did, with utopian flights of fancy. And reversing it would be an admission that we've spent uh, the 100 years plus of failed visions of the future. Um, moving I, I would go with the, I would go with the Fifth Amendment. The Fifth Amendment. No person shall be denied life, liberty, yeah. or property without due process of law. I think that applies not just to the life issue, but I think it applies to COVID restrictions. Yep. And everything that we're dealing with right now. So, I, I would go with the Fifth Amendment. Corey Tacker says, "What did you think of Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale? I have not watched this, so Todd and Steve, if you want to get we in will, on this, we will discuss that tomorrow for Pop Culture Tuesday. So yeah, tomorrow we'll you'll be get ready to find to go. The, the answer to that question. Yes, cliffhanger. Uh, Jim Pine says, "What are both of your best case scenarios for the Packers and Chiefs for the NFL draft? I used to follow draft stuff fairly carefully and closely. I." I don't do that much just because I've, I've become less invested unless your name is Patrick Mahomes. I've become less invested in, in the personalities and really the people behind um, the NFL, because I just don't, I, I don't, I just don't care that much about them. Just give me a good player. I just see them as players. I'm sorry. I just do because this is entertainment to me. Um, so I don't really pay much attention to off season acquisitions of all of the draft stuff. Um, I will say though, um, on Friday the Chiefs made a pretty big, a pretty big signing of of an offensive tackle from Baltimore. 
uh, Orlando Brown. It was a trade, actually. Uh, yeah. He's, he is your first round pick, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they acquired via trade uh, Orlando Brown, which I thought was a great deal at first. Finally, we're making some some repairs on the offensive line, which definitely uh, were needed. And then I found out, did you see the fine print? He has one year left on his deal. Mm-hmm. And you're giving up a first round pick, mm-hmm. multiple picks for that. That's a bad trade. So he's basically, like you said, he's basically, he's basically the first round pick. So I guess maybe, maybe some help for the defense in the second round. But um, the draft is about the future. Free agency is about uh, the current. And uh, so I, I don't know. It's, it's always been a crapshoot. But you could franchise him a year from now. True. Yeah. True. And remember the cap will go up quite a bit I just, a year from now too. I think that was a pretty steep price. I agree. I agree with that. I am not a fan of the draft uh it kind of bores me uh, to tears and the packers haven't been particularly dynamic drafters there's just not a bit, lot of big splash for uh for them from year to year uh, and they're usually a pretty good team so that that uh ability to splash is minimal but then they just they also seem to like try to keep it as vanilla as possible beyond what is even uh, achievable uh, or recommended uh, for any given draft at the Packers where they're drafting. So I just, I've got multiple reasons to just let's see who they got. Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback. We always make the playoffs. We often underachieve in the playoffs. Rinse, wash, repeat. We can predict it will piss Aaron Rodgers off. Whoever, whatever, whoever sure. it is. You see, you yeah. know the drill. I mean, for 10 years, they've done nothing that has really pleased him whatsoever in the first round of the draft. So, It'll tick him off. We know yeah, that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you want to get in on that with the Lions at all? Just pain, <laughs> pain. You know, I, I, I'm struggling because I, I really like with the management is the new, they have whole new management there now. Uh, they brought um, Chris Spielman in as basically a team president, Don't but, do it, but they didn't make the mistake they Don't made do with, it. they didn't make the mistake they made with Matt Millen. He's not actually running the franchise as a rookie GM. They went out and actually got a general manager and it was the guy that was, that essentially was the head of the Rams scouting department. I mean, the Lions college scouting department's been one of the weakest in the NFL. So you get a guy that comes from one of the best college scouting departments in the NFL. They brought in John Dorsey, who used to be with your team and has had uh, successful drafts with a lot of other franchises to kind of help mentor him. I, I like the decisions that they're making. Uh, there, there's a self-awareness there. They understand that they have to start over. Um, it's not good just to go seven and nine and nine to nine and seven every year, which they've basically done until last until the Matt Patricia era. That's what they've done really the entire uh, Matt Stafford era. You know, there's a eleven and five and a five eleven outlier, but most of the Matt Stafford era they were seven and nine to nine and seven. And they realized you can get just stuck there forever in the NFL, that you kind of have to start over to build back up, and they're doing that. So I'm, I'm really torn because I, I, I like, if, they, if, they, if, if I didn't know the history, and if I weren't emotionally attached, I would really like what they're doing right now. And so I am emotionally attached, and I do know their history, so I don't know how to analyze it. But I think what's likely to happen is that they're going to trade down to acquire more picks, which is what I would do. Now, if, say, Penny Sewell was on the board, I would rethink that. 
because I think they have a pretty good offensive line and you add him and you might have right away one of the better offensive lines in the NFL and that gives you some identity to build around for your team. But, th- but they need depth and talent. So if, if I were them, I would trade down and I think that's what they'll do. I'm sorry, Steve. I mean, Michigan football has turned you into a Pollyanna on, <laughs> on the Lions. <laughs> this next one is a good question, I think. A pivotal a bifurcated fish star says wow, if, you could, smart. Yeah, if you could prevent only one thing from being destroyed or created by the left what would it be so he's saying things like critical race theory or critical theory religious liberty etc this is a tough question to answer i think in my estimation because it's hard to find something that the left culturally has not already destroyed or is in the process of destroying and it's hard to find something that has not yet at least been created in its nascent stages, if you get, if you get the meaning there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think we still have, we, we still have enough religious liberty in this country that we can still, if the, if the pastors, if the pulpits of this country wake up, and start giving their flocks unmitigated 200 proof truth. We still have enough religious liberty in this country that things could really change for the better. And I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about of course revival, which is which is the the same conclusion that we've come to on the first 2 weeks of this video series that we're doing. It's always revival or bust. Now whether that revival comes as it has in places like Beijing, where the church is underground. I would prefer that not to happen, and, and I would prefer for the, the sake of our offspring and future generations that it not happen under those circumstances. If revival comes, it will come regardless of the circumstances. But if you gave me the choice, say, of having revival come as it has to the church in China, or as it um, might happen here, I would I would take it here with religious liberty. I mean, I think anybody would. So I, I would still say religious liberty. Uh, I still think that there is enough of that in this country, First Amendment freedoms, that we can still make a difference if the pulpits wake up. Todd. Uh, so the saying the gender binary, that's an acceptable answer, sure. I think, I'm, as I'm understanding it. I, I've said before that... You, it, the 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 big bang of uh god's vision for us as laid out in scripture it 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 starts off with male and female and it blows out from there and then the en- the entropy happens it, it's now coming back on us and the all the ghastliness of uh, abortion being what it is but sequentially uh you you have the fall in the garden that relationship between man and woman uh that Steve has laid out before and then after that comes Cain and Abel so as it comes it it goes out into all of history now it's coming all the way back mm. and yeah row is there but now the last line is male and female there's nothing after that here and no further otherwise it's the abyss. I think literally. I, I, I think all we need to look 
is that the story, the greatest story ever told that God has told us, if we understand that at all, there's, there's, no, there's, this is it right here. And if we do not defend this, we'll be swallowed up. Up next, Tyler Ryan asks, why are we so focused on vaccines and COVID tests, but completely ignoring antibody tests to determine immunity? Um, yeah, I don't, I, that's a good question. At the very, very beginning of the pandemic, I think to varying degrees, we would all, and I'm just talking for myself here, we would all agree that a focus on testing at the very nascent stages, that's definitely necessary. Really, really important because you don't know what you're dealing with. Now, I don't know why it couldn't have been of equal importance to develop an antibody test back then to see how how far it's actually spread at that point, because as we have determined and and science has dictated, it's been here a lot longer than March 10th or whatever it was back in 2020. The virus has. It's been here a lot longer. So we've been through this a number of times. How do you flatten the curve when you don't know when the curve began? Well, an antibody test would at least help you get or give you some determination of when that curve began. So we really should have been doing this all in all, all along, but you can you can forgive people in March for just wanting to get tests out there as soon as humanly possible to just see how this thing is behaving, where it's going, even if it's at the expense of testing for something like the flu. You can understand that at the very beginning. Now, what you can't understand is as we got even a month, two months, three months into this, why there were not more tests, antibody tests, antibody surveys nationwide. Steve would know this off the top of his head. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you could probably count on maybe one or not more than two hands how many national antibody or re- even regional antibody surveys there have been of any significant. CDC importance. has not published anything since the Friday of July 4th weekend last year. There you go. And those antibody studies were done in late the, the end of April to mid-May. As we say with incre- thank you. As we say with increasing frequency, there are a couple of possible explanations for the, why this is the case. Neither of them are good. One could be, and I'm going to speculate wildly here, but it's at least informed with some reason and logic. If you were just malevolent and you wanted to keep the case going, that's why you would not necessarily put an emphasis on antibody testing late last summer. Or you know that this virus is fishy because of its origins. And so you don't really know how reliable antibody testing is going to be because maybe you know something about this that uh, it mutates more rapidly or you don't know how it's going to mutate and so antibody testing might be moot because as soon as this one strain dies another one takes its place which is how viruses in general work Um, but those are two possible explanations Uh, i don't think either of them are good can i just throw something in here the back in march um the final stage of human trials for the Regeneron antibody cocktail were finished Mm -hmm. and actually showed higher efficacy than uh, the now controversial Johnson and Johnson vaccine uh, in terms of a 70% reduction in hospitalizations and lethalities from, um, from COVID keep in mind, this is what the president was given. Well, this is what president Trump was given last year was the Regeneron cocktail. Now, why aren't we promoting more of that? Uh, they'll, they'll say it's because, well, it's it's a short-term 
the antibodies from the cocktail don't la- don't give you the long term protection that the vaccines would. And and I'm I'm willing to accept that. I I I would like to know if the people pushing the vaccines accept that though. Because as I said again on my Twitter account yesterday, if if you want, you know, we're we're sitting now, any adult can now get a COVID vaccine now. Any adult can. Anywhere in the country. And in several regions of the country, supplies are now out, outpacing demand. Why? Well, why are we not letting fully and encouraging fully vaccinated people to get back to normal life? It would seem to me the number one selling point for the vaccination is to get back to normal life. And yet they continue to tell you, like Fauci just did last week, that even if you're vaccinated, you still have to wear masks and social distance, which doesn't work. MIT study came out over the weekend, also showed that social distancing is a joke. Okay, it doesn't work. So that's another thing then. I'm better off going with a more natural solution with an antibody cocktail and just having a short-term relief than risking your experimental non-FDA approved mRNA vaccines that I don't have. You know, one of the reasons they say we have to do all these vaccinations is because we don't know the long-term effects of COVID as a novel virus. Well, I don't know the long-term effects of mRNA vaccines either. I don't know those. So then why wouldn't I be better off just utilizing a Regeneron or Ivermectin or something of that nature instead when... I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not risking the same side effects or anything of that nature. So I, I, I only bring up, I keep bringing up, why don't you let the vaccinated return to normal? And it's, it's not from a motivation of trying to create a two-tiered system of citizenship. We're, we're going to fight that battle whether the vaccines work or not, okay? That, that's, that battle's on the boiler right now. Um, it's really about whether they think their vaccines work or not. I'm begging this question to get them to show their hand. Do you think your own vaccines work or not? Because if they did, wouldn't you be marketing? Where's Pfizer and Moderna demanding that those that have been given their vaccines get back to normal? If you were the CEO of Pfizer and Moderna, wouldn't you like to have that sales pitch to be thrown out there for people? If public health was truly my bottom line, yes. Yeah. Notice, they, notice that they're notice they don't bitch and complain when Fauci goes on TV and says the the vaccinated still have to stay home and wear a mask. Yeah. Instead, it's uh, well, we might have to give you a booster shot yeah. every year. So why, why the hell should I defend the efficacy of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines against Anthony Fauci more than the damn companies do? Well, here's the thing. They they can't advertise this thing as being too good and knocking out this thing altogether because that doesn't fit into their the booster shot plan. Here's the the consequence of vaccination that I can always foresee. Mo money, mo money, mo money. Uh and and that's the playbook they've always gone by and it, it it propping up this vaccine and threading that needle isn't just a covid thing. It's about as we talked about last week, it's the entire vaccination paradigm and it listen even if let's say this thing was the miracle drug and it just wiped it out and wiped it out permanently 
that doesn't give them uh, what the flu vaccine yeah. gives them every year, all the time. Uh, uh, listen, I, you can call me cynical. You can call whatever you want to. But uh, this is how this thing has gone for a long, long time now. Aaron, you wanted to get in because yeah, piggyback so, by all means. So this is what we just described are the right reasons. So why aren't we focused on uh, antibody tests to determine immunity? If, if If the vaccine gives you immunity, but then naturally you can be immune as well, shouldn't a natural immunity passport work as well as a vaccine passport have mm-hmm. we have we talked about any any such thing as a, a natural immunity passport no it's all about vaccine passports so what we just described are the right reasons here's the real reason that the spirit of the age uh i, I think is driving this debate in the debate in the way that it is i've described closing the loop on 2020 the january 6th incidents at the at the capitol were the spirit of the ages way of saying, hey, look, all of you rubes, those right wingers are no better than you. Because the one dangling participle from 2020 was the rioting. The spirit of the age could not absolve that, could not explain that away, try as they might, and they very, very much did try. But they couldn't explain that, which is why January 6th is an armed insurrection of right wing terrorists on the nation's capital. That's that's what it is. It's it's the way to close the loop on the one dangling participle of 2020. Because the spirit of the age can't just win, they have to win the way they want to win. In the spirit of the age's framework, if you if you look at the beast, the spirit of the age's framework is um science is your salvation. Science is your salvation. The way God's body, the way God made your body, no, that is not your salvation. Science is. This glorious vaccine is your salvation. It has to win this war against COVID. Really, it's a war against your rights the way it wants to win, which is this syringe. Now, that doesn't mean that the vaccines are not effective. That's another rabbit hole. That doesn't mean that. But I think this is really the reason why we keep having these conversations. Why can't we go back to the way we were? Why can't we live our life as the vaccine um, after receiving the vaccine? It's because not enough people have gotten the vaccine. It's because um, it's it's because of a number of reasons. All of them involve the spirit of the age wanting to win the way it wants to win. You want to chime in on that, either of you? Well, you're just we are fully and wonderfully made, and and you take that away, you have you have no hope. That's what the vaccine culture wants to impress upon us that we simply are victims with guns to our heads unless we simply accept this uh how many people whether throughout human history or in the greatest uh speeches that have been given in cinema in movies fictional and real have talked about the importance of hope and that's what they really want to take away Mm -hmm. with from us one more quick one before we go to break. Todd, you have four daughters. This is from Raymond Fava. How did you come up with four girl names you and your wife could agree on? He says the struggle is real. <laughs> no, it was pretty easy. Um, Ainsley, the show The West Wing, we watched it. The young conservative uh, female character that they introduced in season two. 
and that was it. Uh, Tessa, that was just a uh, cool name I once saw when I was a, a sports reporter and a Hall of Fame, a, a girl's name here in Urbandale, Iowa, is named Tessa. And I told that to Jill, and she said, I love it. Charlotte, uh, my third, Charlotte's Web. Uh, was popular around that time the movie the new movie that came out and fourth uh elise actually that was another uh name both of us remembered um from high school uh elise with a y so it was remarkably easy and that was by design i, I wasn't going through baby book parsing ain't gonna happen never was gonna have told my wife that no 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 it's pretty impressive that is pretty impressive i didn't know that history that's it that's very cool all right, we'll come back. Your opportunity to ask Todd and Aaron and who knows, maybe me, depending on how I'm feeling, anything, when we return here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast next. As threats against religious liberty grow, you want to make sure you've got somebody with a proven track record in this arena of success who's got your back. And for over 25 years, Alliance Defending Freedom has been protecting religious liberty and at no cost to their clients. But to face these increasing threats to religious freedom, ADF needs help from friends like you to keep that record of winning almost 80% of its cases all time, to keep that going with new threats like the Equality Act that could force women to share private, intimate spaces with men who identify as female. Uh, It could force Americans to celebrate events, speak messages that violate your religious beliefs. That's why uh, they want your help in protecting liberty and freedom. Uh, If you could donate so they could keep the fight going, go to ADFlegal.org slash Steve, ADFlegal.org slash Steve to make your tax-deductible donation today at ADFlegal.org slash Steve. Again, ADFlegal.org slash Steve. Aaron. We'll go next to Tom Deerling, who asks, what should be our greater focus, strengthening the power of local slash state governments or weakening the power of the federal government? I think that's a little bit of a false choice because for one to decrease, the other must increase. Nature abhors uh, a vacuum, right? Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that uh, uh, the the preponderance or at least the totality of government cannot shrink at, at any given level. But it seems natural that if uh, local government strengthening that, strengthening your local representation at City Hall, as that increases uh, control and power from a central government in Washington, D.C., therefore must decrease. Let me give you an example of that. Let's say you live in a moderately sized city. All right. Moderately. And to me, I grew up in a 2000 uh, town per uh, town, town city. So moderate sized city to me is like 50, 60, 70,000 people um, or even fewer than that. A moderately sized town to where there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people who are impacted by local ordinances and who can be impacted by federal rulings and mandates as well. There's a lot of people there. All right. Not a ton. Not not so many um, that it's going to be like uh, setting off the political equivalent of a of a neutron bomb, but enough to to have an impact. Let's say that uh, an unelected judge somewhere, 
whether it's Washington, D.C. At, at the Supreme Court or somewhere in your um, local jurisdiction at, at some level, some court somewhere rules that um, in order to be square with the Constitution, every citizen of voting age must, must take into their possession a transgendered baboon and transport that baboon everywhere. Is that constitutional? Is that constitutional? Uh, no. No, I don't think it is. But the court said so. Uh, what if your local city government says, I don't care what the court says. I don't care what the court says. We're not doing that in our town. In our moderately sized town. Little podunks town somewhere. We're not going to do that. Who has more power in that instance? The Supreme Court? Some court along the line? Some court that's way so far above up in the clouds of that city hall? Do they have more power in that? No, the city hall does because they're saying no. No, that's ours. That's our decision to make. Uh, you can't impose that on, a, on us here. We're not enforcing that. In fact, we don't even recognize that as law. So to answer the question in a very, very roundabout way, uh, for one power source or power vacuum to decrease, another in some ways must increase. Todd, do you want to add to that? Well, for the answers us in many people's hearts and minds to bear fruit, as I've seen it many, many times, they need to be shown that the path is really open. They just don't believe it. I, I think the importance of breaking and crashing the federal Leviathan from just getting rid of circuit courts that aren't constitutionally prescribed in their specificity. We don't need, however, what is there, nine now? I Whatever, however many there are. There doesn't have to be that. The entire federal bureaucracy, uh, you know, again, just starting off with getting rid of uh, the um, Department of Education. And even for starters, you could take all the funding that's there, spread it up per capita. Ultimately, you can pull on back on that. But you just, people need to see that the walls, the right walls will all start coming down in our view, but they've got this sense of how things are. And they just need to, almost like, you know, with Wonder Woman, when she finally kills Ares at the end of that movie and everybody finally just stops fighting, you know, they're just like, oh my gosh, this can really happen. They need to be shown. Here's another reason why this is a, a false choice as well. Um, you already have that power. The way our constitution, the way our system of government was set up, you already have that power. So it's not really a choice of whether we need to focus on strengthening local governments. Yes, I, I understand in a strategic way. I understand where you're coming from. You already have that power. Change your mindsets. Change your focus on saying, uh, wait a minute. Yes, that power already lies with me. Already lies with we the people. Not some unelected bureaucrat. Not some judge that nobody voted for in the 666th district of Babylon, as Steve is fond of saying. Uh, this one is um, this one is also kind of designed for Todd as well. Modern Neanderthal says, how do we reconcile the pursuit of youth sports with the reality that it requires missing church? I'm not sure. Now, I'll defer to Todd on this one. I'm not sure that it always requires missing church, but Todd, this one, I mean, you've got four daughters well, in youth sports. Increasing, there was church night when you know wednesday set aside for catechism um that's increasingly being infringed on and uh, sunday morning for tournament play very much does not act as if uh church happens really uh 
this is about you and your family and what you make a priority. I mean, we, we've been in Catholic churches through, not only throughout the city of uh, Des Moines when we we're in town, but, you know, all across the Midwest, you know, we, we find a church, uh, we, we, uh, look up when mass time is and we get there. Uh, it's, it, it's doable. And sometimes the kids are, you know, a little late to the game, things of that nature. Um, but so that's one thing, but also, this is just like with COVID and masks. And are you really going to let your four-year-old wear a mask? I, I mean, are you, what are you doing about this? You guys are on the boards, aren't you? Make it, it, it's your priority. And this is also, this is the comfort level uh, that we always talk, that I always talk about the gated community effect. Most people have simply chosen that the youth sport that their kid plays is a priority over church. That's on you. Yeah. And this actually goes to what I just said in the live rate I did for ADF, the truth of the matter is no one can make you do something that God says is wrong. No, no one can make you do that. That's a, that's a choice that you make. Now, I'm not, that doesn't mean that there's never a reason to play on Sundays or anything of that nature. Uh, but in general, you cannot be compelled against your own conscience. And it, that's true in any society, whether it's China or here. It's a it's a matter of what you come you can what you consent to. That's what government by the consent of the governed means. So, will they schedule a game on Sunday? I don't know. Do you, uh, I'm not saying don't go, but why is the automatic assumption if they yeah. scheduled it at Thursday at three a.m. Would you take your kid there? Right. I, I tell my kid, hell no, we're not going at three a.m. Oh man, is sleeping. I'm not playing at three a.m. Right, right. So, what, what, what is the idea that you, we just automatically just consent to things? I've never really had a lot of issues in my career. People have tried it before. There was a guy here locally that tried it once. And so it's happened every now and then, but there really haven't been a, a line of people that have lined up to try to get me to sell out or say and do things that I don't believe. You know why? Because word got around pretty quick. Homie, don't play that. I'm not doing that. If I think it's right, I'll do it. If I don't, I won't. That's it. That's my standard. If I think it's right, I'll do it. If I don't, I won't. If I want to be there, I will. If I don't, I won't. If I want to say that, I will. And if I don't, I won't. Pretty simple standard. Right? Yeah. So there's really no point in even trying it. Um, I mean, I faced a situation very early in my career. It was in sports radio, actually. And I said to my management then, I'm not apologizing for anything. And so just know if you're asking me to apologize, you're really firing me and I'll just be filing for unemployment tomorrow. Or maybe I'll be working at one of the other sports radio stations here in town the next day instead. I'm not apologizing. No. I mean, this idea that there's just like an automatic compulsion to comply. No, I don't, I don't really feel pressure to do things I don't really believe in or want to do. So don't do them. Is, what, what, right? Yeah. I, okay. It's really been as simple as, uh, you know, we'll be there a little late or cause we're going to mass and that's just how it is. I don't, it's just your choice. It's your family. Period. Up next, 
Our own Sarah Gonzalez asks, who is your favorite Blaze TV host aside from Steve and why is it Sarah Gonzalez? Todd. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I do I do dig uh, Sarah. Uh, she's a uh, fellow skeptic in the uh, cult of uh, health science. Well, let's leave it at that. Uh, just a cool uh, chick all around. And like I said, the reason we got her on the show last week about what would happen if a, uh, a Karen used her own child in the hallways like I, they they could step to a guy i'd have no problem getting ornery if a gal if she deserved it but w- we need to be a bit more careful it could go total thermonuclear if it was sarah gonzalez and i'd pop the popcorn for that yeah there's a there's a quality about sarah especially that i see on on twitter as well that she just she has she gives no quarter to to bs uh gives no quarter to things that nobody should give any quarter to she just doesn't care and i like that paul engel asks what do you think of the audits of ballots in arizona is going to result in let me can i can i speak to that really quick sure so i have been following this story i want to see how it plays out before i jump out in front and give a whole bunch of opinions okay but um, I'm definitely aware of the story. I'm following it closely. But I want to see what the outcome is first. Okay? I, I don't want to make a bunch of false promises. Um, and I, I want to see what the outcome of it is beforehand. And I have no ability to impact that outcome or know what it is until it occurs. And, Frank, and, and, and the story's actually already gotten further than I ever thought it was going to get anyway. So... I'm following it, but I, I want to see how it plays out first. So I'm I'm going to take, I, I've just heard about this like late last week mm-hmm. for the first time. I don't know when you guys heard of it the first time. So I'm not super aware. I have not been following it super closely. I do know the reaction. I believe Talking Points Memo actually called it a sketchy audit. What happens if it comes back and it says, yeah, nothing to see here? Is that still sketchy? Right. That's Is a that great still point. sketchy? Yes. So I'll just say this really quick, and then, Todd, you can get on this. One Talking Points memo is hacktastic yeah, anyway, by the yeah, way. But yeah. I, I love that. And I saw, I think USA Today as well, I said something about, use the word sketchy as well. So if this comes back and there's nothing to see here, you know, uh, everything looks A-OK, 100%, then, OK, whatever. We did the audit. We did the audit. Now, if it comes back and, whoa, there's smoke and fire and then lots of fire, I think what we're going to see right then is a legal battle in the courts that goes on for for years, months, Agreed. as long yeah. as it takes to, oh, yeah, I kind of remember. You remember that time Fox News called Arizona before anybody yet? As long as it takes for the average American or even the average political observer to say that when confronted with the news that uh, hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots found in Arizona takes that's that's how long they're gonna let that drag on i'm sure todd the democrats have sent over 70 lawyers to arizona because they're confident that this thing's all on the up and up and there's nothing to see here right but no matter what there is to see nothing or everything the response from the left is going to be the same we did it for your own good well (laughs) i mean that that i'd actually I'd find that refreshing if they just admit they stole it. No, it's it's just it's going to be more. You you guys just can't 
handle losing your conspiracy theory theorists even if there is a conspiracy theory to be had that that's what they're going to do because accountability is wanting it every turn and propaganda is what they do Amanda Barris says, just how far do you think Marvel will go with woke storylines in its next phase, especially regarding same-sex relationships and trans characters? Um, Steve, uh, Kevin Feige is still, is he still the, the visionary of mm-hmm. Marvel? Kevin Feige and the storytellers at Marvel just have like a fetish for telling really good stories, really good stories. Now, I could be wrong, and the very next thing that comes out of, of Marvel is just woke propaganda agaprop. I could be wrong. I, I think they place such a high reverence on the value of a good story that I think all of this posturing that we've heard over the last couple of years about the direction they want to take phase four, I think that's just all it is to this point. And we've seen we've had two examples of this so far. I think it's just posturing. We'll see. I think, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. At the very least, I think there'll be some token representation they can brag about. Hey, trying to sell your home in any environment can be challenging. And, you know, you may run into an agent that has a a sexy, deep baritone, silky smooth voice like I've been rocking here today. And you don't want to fall for it, right? Right? Sure. Okay. You want to make sure you've got an agent that in these unprecedented times Bing. can has a proven verified track record of success that you can rely on who will come in and take charge of the situation yes but then ultimately remember that it is you who is in charge where would you find such an agent the good news is the name kind of says it all real estate agents i trust.com is where you want to go just about anywhere in the good old us of a they can find you an agent anywhere you want to escape from or escape to probably they can help you at realestateagentsitrust.com. A lot of these are agents that are right here in the Blaze TV audience, in fact. So just salt-of-the-earth patriots like a lot of you at realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, we're back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, hopefully, with a better voice than I brought to the table today. Overtime coming your way for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will be back right after Glenn Beck tomorrow here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.